We're in Genesis chapter number one today. We're in Genesis one. Uh, thankful to be here this morning. No place I'd rather be than right here. I am so thankful to be home with our people and uh, just the opportunity for worship. Uh, this morning, somebody asked the question, said, uh, you know, it's kind of funny because you come here and you're in Revelation and now you're in Genesis. What in the world? Where are you going? And so uh, uh, let me just give you a heads up on direction and what's happening. So today is actually what we call Sanctity of Life Sunday. And so uh, uh, just, just recognizing that God Almighty has created everything. And I pray, it is my prayer, in fact, it's my prayer today that each one here would understand just exactly how special you are and how significant your life is. Uh, because of who he is, and uh, and so we're going to go there this morning. Uh, it's it's just uh, so so. This is something. It's a it's a it's a different sermon. Genesis chapter one, uh, verses twenty six and twenty seven. Next week uh, we'll get back to our study that we started back before the holidays, and so we'll pick up Revelation. And so I'd encourage you uh, to be reading along there. And uh, and so next week we'll get back to it. Today we're talking about <clears throat> God's masterpiece. God's Masterpiece, And I don't know about you, uh, but I really, really enjoy going out <clears throat> and gazing at the work of God's hands. I, I just, I, I really enjoy, I love, I love to go out uh, in the nighttime and just uh, uh, look at the stars and the moon against the black silky sky and just think, my goodness gracious, how vast is that expanse? And yet the God that created me, he created that. He spoke that into existence. What an awesome God we serve. I love, I love to go to the ocean and, uh, uh, on, on vacation and, uh, and just look at the oceans. And uh, I always get up early in the morning watching the sunrise. And it's just a reminder, again, at how great is our God, that even he controls the tides, even he controls how far the oceans can come. Uh, he spoke all of that into existence, and I just love it. I, I, I love to go out. Uh, I, I, we, my wife and I had the opportunity uh, several years back to go to the Grand Canyon, if you've never been there. Uh, that's the first time in my life that I really feel like that the word awesome uh, really, I, I understood what that word meant. Uh, I was standing at the edge of the Grand Canyon, and my mind, it was too big for my mind to begin to even grasp. The magnitude. And in that moment, in that moment, every time I have the privilege and opportunity to stop, most of the time we just don't stop very long. But every time I have the opportunity to stop and consider the work of our God's hands, I am amazed. I just, I, in, in fact, it's like, how great thou art. How great thou art. And in those moments, I love to go here because I'm overwhelmed by his greatness. But in that moment, I am so reminded, and in fact, I love to go there, Ephesians chapter 2 and in verse number 10. Do you know that God's word says it like this? For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for the works that he's prepared for us in advance. And so you say, well, what's the big deal about that? Well, when you look at that verse of scripture, uh, we are God's workmanship created. The workmanship word simply means, hey, we are God's masterpiece. You know what he's saying? He's saying, man, you are the apex of creation. I mean, he created all of that. And, and although we say, man, wow, what a mighty God we serve. Yet in those moments, he says, hey, oh yeah, man, I, I spoke those into existence, but you are created in my image. You are somebody special. And you are somebody special, not because of anything you've done. It's not performance-based. It's not because of what I've done. It's not because of what I haven't done. It's simply because of who I am. It's not about my performance. 
performance, but it's about my person, that God Almighty says I am his masterpiece. That's incredible news to me. I'm thankful for that. That makes me feel incredibly special this morning. When we're talking about being created, I'm created, number one, by God. But not only am I created by God, I am created for God. And so when you, when you consider yourself as being created by God, uh, that, that, that speaks to our esteem. My God didn't make mistakes. I am not a mistake. He created me uniquely and specially. It speaks to my esteem. And I pray to God that we would hear what he has for us this morning and his word because there are oftentimes people struggle with these issues, oftentimes feeling as though, what am I even here for? And, and, and so you were created by God, number one, but number two, you were created for God, which speaks to significance. And a lot of times we don't feel significant in life. And it's not about me going out and doing something great with my life. It's just simply saying, hey, the one that created everything, the one that spoke everything into existence, he knit me together in my mother's wombs, and he has plans and he has purposes for me. And until I figure those out, then where is the significance? And so this morning, I pray that God would speak to those issues in our life. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and following. The Bible says this, <clears throat> Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28. Let me just read a few more verses. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth, and every tree which has fruit yielding seed, and it shall be food for you, and to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the sky, and to everything that moves on the earth, which has life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Just talking about being, again, created by God. When you look at God's creation, number one, and again, this is really just a two-part message today, uh, if you will, but, uh, but you're created by God. It said, let us make God in our image. In Genesis 1, verse number 26, it's, it's a reference to the Trinity of God. Who's he talking about? Let us. And so we see the Trinity at work in all of creation. In other words, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Three, and yet one God. And so when we talk about the Trinity, uh, that is one word we don't find, but yet we found it taught throughout Scripture. This is not an exhaustive teaching, obviously, but it's a reference, simply saying, hey, let us make man in our image. If you go back to Genesis chapter number 1 and verses number 1 and 2, the Bible says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. And so what we see in the work of his hands in Genesis chapter 1 verses number 1 and 2 is we see the Father and we see the Spirit. But then if we go back to John in John's gospel, John chapter number 1 and a couple of verses there, the Bible 
Bible says it uh, like this in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. And so we go on down a few verses later and it says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And so what he's simply saying is this, we see the work of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in all of creation. God Almighty created us. He created us uniquely. He created Adam and Eve in the beginning. And the same God that created Adam and Eve specially and uniquely also created you, and he created me very uniquely. In fact, the Bible talks about it in Psalm, Psalm 139, one of my favorite psalms to go to when you're talking about how special you are and how special I am. The Bible says in Psalm 139, verses 13 and following, it says, For you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. You know, uh, uh, I don't know, I was just thinking this thought, because I'd mentioned this before. Uh, uh, we have, we have uh, our second granddaughters being formed, knit together, uh, in the womb of my daughter-in-law, Bethany. And, uh, and we're praying that as God is knitting her together, that, that, man, I can't wait to see the work of your hands again coming up in a few weeks. And so, uh, God willing, I'm excited. And, there's, and, and in fact, there's several of you out here uh, who he's doing the same work. And we're praying for that, uh, that, that as God is knitting together in your mother's womb, he's doing a work, creating a new life. Only he can do that. But the Bible says, you form me in my mother, and in, in my, and in, in, let me start over. Verse 13, you form my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not even one of them. The creativity of God is amazing. He knits us together. And can I tell you something this morning? God never makes mistakes. He is good. He is perfect and right in every way. There are some things we do not understand. Why did this happen or why did that happen? At the end of the day, I believe this to be true. God is sovereign and in control of all things. And although I might not understand it, he's good. And I'm grateful for, again, the creativity of God. When I think of the creativity of God, just look around. There is nobody like you. Never has been, never will be anybody like you. You're special. You're unique. You are one of a kind. It's amazing to know how special and uniquely God, the one who created us, the job that he did in creating us. It's, it's amazing. But I tell you what, what's interesting to me is how in life we find ourselves oftentimes drawn to trying to be like somebody else that we're not. And as long as I'm trying to be somebody that I'm not, I'm never going to be all that God intended me to be. He created you to be you, specially and uniquely. And, and, and you know, we, we, it's interesting how sometimes we talk about the work of his hands with little children because, because sometimes we're like, well, well, man, that one was an accident. There's no such thing as an accident. It's a special creation by God Almighty. 
Again, I don't know the circumstances surrounding what happened and how it happened, but all I know is this, there wouldn't be a life if God didn't want there to be a life. And God specially and uniquely created each one of us, and He never, ever makes mistakes. And that's true not just of you, but that's true of anybody and everybody you ever come into contact with. These are special people created in the image of God, just like you. And so we see uh, in our world an assault, again, when we're talking about the sanctity of life, the sacredness of life, that it is a gift from God. And we need to recognize that, and we need to protect that, and I'm grateful to God for uh, many of you who pray for and, 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 and vote for protecting the sanctity of life, but there's been an assault on the sanctity of life in so many different ways. I mean, we assault the sanctity and the sacredness of God. It, 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 where do you stop? With, for example, uh, uh, suicide would be one, and, and, and suicide has been on the increase when you're talking about uh, suicides. In fact, uh, today, today, right now, <clears throat> every day, uh, there's somewhere in the ballpark, somewhere in the ballpark of 125 people who successfully take their life. And do you know that for every one who succeeds, there's 25 more who make the attempt? Because we're living in a world where people are struggling with finding their significance. What's the point? What's the purpose, number one and number two? But also, also, many times, many times, those who are struggling in this area have diagno diagnosable psychological disorders. It's, it's, it, it, there's a struggle. And so we have to be careful on, on a lot of different levels uh, because sometimes, <clears throat> you know, we, 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 we almost grow callous. I can't believe they would do such a thing like that. And, I, and I've heard people just make comments about those things when the fact of the matter is you have no idea what these folks are struggling with. In fact, you don't even know what the people around you are struggling with today. God help us to love people to encourage people and uh, recognize that they are, in fact, specially and uniquely created. God, help us not just to walk past people and ignore people in life. There are people who take their own lives, but not only are there people who take their own lives, there are people who oftentimes will take the lives of others. Homicide and uh, taking the lives of others along the way. <clears throat> in fact, uh, when you're talking about today, uh, some 50 people in our own country will be, have their life taken through, through uh, homicide. And uh, God help us recognize, man, people are created in the image of God. Recognizing the specialness and the sacredness of those around us. Um, God help us. We're becoming more and more of a lawless culture and a lawless society, and I'm not suggesting uh, that, that I'm going out and carrying the gun. However, I would encourage us to be law-abiding citizens and to pray for those who are enforcing the law. My, my mind goes a lot of different places on Sundays. <clears throat> Euthanasia, often, let me back up. You know, it's easy to see physically what happens. <clears throat> Someone takes the life of another. But you know that, that, that God and His Word, that Jesus Christ, when He was teaching, um, that, that, that He teaches against something that we would... I, I've referred to it as homicide of the heart. How dare we look at another human being created in the image of God 
and hate that person. He says, you're hating them. You're killing them with your heart. They're a special person created in the image of God. I, I, I was thinking about that thought this week and, um, and just thinking at how life goes. Isn't it interesting at how life goes? Uh, uh, the more we get to know one, sometimes and oftentimes, the more we understand them and the more we understand them, the more patient we become with them. In fact, the more loving we can be towards them if we only take the time to get to know them but most of the time we don't want to get to know them just simply because something about them really ticks you off or me off. I don't want to be around them when the fact of the matter is you get to know them and you realize, good night. It's been a tough journey for you. There's reason. There's reason why some people are unreasonable. There's a reason why some people are irrational. God, help us to take the time as his hands and feet. To recognize these are people that are created in the image of God that are special. God help me to stop and to listen to those along the way. Euthanasia is another one where we see assault on the sanctity of life. What is that? That's when we say, man, we're, we're going to determine the quality of life and take it if it doesn't measure up to our standard. And in so doing, assume, assume the position that belongs only to God. He's the giver and the taker of life. God help us. You know, we've seen strides in abortion, but it's, it's not just about laws in the land, although I'm grateful to God for the laws in the land. But we've seen an onslaught of people taking the life of, of little children uh, who are in the wombs of their mothers, supposed to be, supposed to be the safest place on the entire planet. When you look at these babies being created and discarded, most of the time that issue comes back to your beliefs and about when does life begin? At what moment does life begin? And um, I, I believe that life begins at the moment of conception. When you're talking about uh, the human cell, the human cell has 46 chromosomes. 23 come from the father, 23 come from the mother. And at the moment of conception, it is a complete cell. During the remainder of the gestation period, the next nine months, uh, nothing is added to this little baby from the mother, nor is anything added to this little baby from the father. It has been united and created. It begins life at that moment of conception, a life of its own. The development process begins at that moment of conception. It's a little baby. It's a little life that begins. The rest of the time is simply nourishment and protection within the womb of the mother. In fact, Scripture even talks about babies in the womb and babies outside the womb using the same language to describe uh, uh, both of them. Jeremiah chapter number 1, verses 4 and 5 over in Jeremiah 
uh, chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, the Bible says it <clears throat> like this. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. And he's, and he's talking about, again, a little baby in the womb. Pre-birth baby. In Luke 1, he says the same, referring to a little baby inside the womb. Luke chapter number 1, and over in verse number 41. And the Bible says, When Elizabeth <clears throat> heard Mary's greeting... The baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and, and the word is simply a word, uh, brephos, and, and, and you'll read that word. Uh, uh, those are two instances where it is pre-birth that the word is used. The word is used throughout Scripture, some six to eight different places. all depends on where you go, uh, but six to eight different places where you will read about Brephos being a baby outside the womb. What, what, what's the point? The point is God sees that in the womb as the same as that outside the womb, that this is a little baby, and it's formed at that moment of conception. And so when you're talking about the assault on the sanctity of life, we have some that would disagree uh, with, with that, 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 that would say no. Uh, in fact, in fact, <clears throat> let me give you a, a statement made <clears throat> by the former chief of justice uh, of the Supreme Court of the United States of America. You know, and so when, when you say, why, why are you giving his statement? I'll tell you why I'm giving his statement. Because I believe <clears throat> that each one of us as Christians, as followers of God, that are all about the sanctity of life, ought never, ought never, ought never, ever, ever to cast a vote for someone that's not pro-life. I never would. Is that your litmus test? All I know is this. <clears throat> I will not be there at every decision that's made behind the scenes, obviously. However, if they get this wrong, then they don't value you very much. Former Chief Justice Supreme Court, Oliver Wendell Holmes, Jr., made this statement. I see no reason for attributing to man a significance different in kind from that which belongs to a baboon or a grain of sand. So I'd never vote for a president that would make an appointment like that because you're assaulting the sanctity of life. Y'all okay? <laughs> you know with these issues again. God help us not just sit here and say, oh, that's wrong. But help us say, you know what? We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And there are some people that find themselves in the midst of each one of these situations that I have just mentioned, even here. And I am so grateful today that we have a hope in Jesus Christ who forgives us of our sin, and cleanses us of all unrighteousness. Not only do we have a God that's filled with forgiveness, I pray to God that we would have a church that's also filled with forgiveness and love. Let me just encourage you. I mean, I mean let's, let's, talk, let's talk sanctity of life as, a, as it, again, pertains to an unborn child. We have an organization here in our community called the Women's Pregnancy Center, and I'm so grateful to God for the Women's Pregnancy Center for coming alongside of it. And by the way, that's what's it's, it's, it's called what we would refer to as a parachurch organization. In other words, it's church people that's an extension of the church, okay? And so, and so what they're doing is they're simply trying to share God's love with people in the midst of major, major decisions because they made a bad choice. 
And they come alongside of these young ladies and young men because it takes two. And they come alongside of them and they have the privilege and opportunity to teach them and to show them pictures of what's happening inside their womb, pictures of these little babies. And it's the prayer that we save these little babies, that we wouldn't just take the life of these little babies. But not only, not only are we going to save the babies, our prayer is that these people would come to Christ if they don't have relationship with Christ. And by the way, just because somebody gets pregnant outside of, uh, of marriage doesn't mean that they're a lost person. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But these are people that need love. They need comfort. They need encouragement. They need hands and feet of Jesus Christ to come alongside. And so that's why, again, I personally and us as a church collectively are very much supporters of a women's life pregnancy. Some of you are even working in there. Some of you are counselors with the organization. I pray, praise God for that. In fact, this morning you might be here and say, hey, how can I get involved in that organization? I'd love to have you join that organization and get involved in that organization. So, hey, listen, listen real carefully. I wasn't going to do this, but I'm fixing to do it. At the end of this service right here, you might be here and say, man, I'd, I'd, I'd love to be a part of that somehow, some way. When this service is over, I'm going to have two people that are going to stand right here. Four people, because I'm going to ask their husbands to come with them. <laughs> Lisa and Lawanda. And if y'all can come down with your husbands at the end of the service, and if you're here this morning, say, man, I, I, how can I be a part of that organization? Come find out, all right? They're going to be right here after the service. Why? Because we don't want to just say, hey, that's wrong, but we want to say, hey, we're, we're going to come alongside of you. And by the way, it's not just their organization, it's our church family. You come and be a part of our family through these difficult times. God help us. Sanctity of life. I, I think about sanctity of life. You know, it's oftentimes we think of sanctity of life and it's only one issue or, or another issue. But listen, it's, when you're talking the sacredness and the sanctity of life, it's, it's, it's from what I would call from the womb to the tomb and everything in between. From the womb to the tomb and everything in between. And so, and so you might be here, you might be here this morning and be on the other end of life, and you might have checked out already. Life is a precious gift from God. Not to be checked out, but to be lived to the fullest until God says, I'm done. And until He says, I'm done, don't check yourself out too early. Man, I'm just going to check out and coast. That's not what God called us to do, check out and coast with something so precious as life itself. The Bible says in Joshua 14, love this story. In fact, I was really wanting to go here this morning and, and I just didn't get comfortable. John, uh, Joshua 14 verses 10 through 12, story of Caleb. Uh, the, the, the Israelites were going into the promised land. Caleb, Joshua and Caleb are now older fellows. The Bible says it like this in verses 10 and following. Now behold, the Lord has let me live, Caleb is speaking, uh, just as he spoke these 45 years from the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses when Israel walked in the wilderness. And now behold, I am 85 years old today. Verse 11. But I am still as strong today as I was in the day of Moses sent me. As my strength was then, so my strength is now. 
for, for war and for going out and coming in. Now then, give me this hill country about which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day that the Anakim were there uh, with great fortified cities. Perhaps the Lord will be with me and I will drive them out as the Lord has spoken. What are you saying that for? Why? Because he's an 85-year-old man and he says, Hey, don't let somebody else take my job. I've got life to live and I'm going to live it to the fullest. God help me make the most of my days because I believe in the sanctity and the sacredness and the gift of life. You are somebody special this morning. You're created by God, but you're also created for God, for His pleasure, for His work. The Bible says God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea. That he gave them dominion over every living creature. The Bible says over in Revelation chapter 4 and in verse number 11. Revelation 4 and verse 11. Worthy, here we are in the midst of a worship service in heaven. And so it says, Worthy are you, O Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and because of your will they existed and were created. Because of your will to be created in the image of God. Aren't you grateful when you're talking about who you are, that God created you and He created you for Him? He created you in His image. When you're talking about being created in the image of God, it makes you unique. It makes you special. You're not just another animal. In other words, there's a lot of folks that say, man, human beings and animals are one and the same. Oh, no, we're not. We're different. We both are living beings. Therefore, there's a lot about us that's the same, talking about circulatory systems. There's a lot of things that are, that are similar uh, just simply because of, of, of living life in an environment. That, 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 that argument is almost like saying, hey, you know what? <clears throat> Airplanes have wheels and so do cars. There's, they're basically the same thing. No, they're not. Totally different. Totally different, and so are you and me. We are created in the image of God. We have a body, a soul, and a spirit. Animals have a body, and they have that soul, the living being. But they don't have the spirit, the capability of worship. They can work, but they can't worship. You and I have the privilege and the opportunity to worship the one who created us. I've never seen two dogs get together, join hands, and pray for the rest of the world. You ever been to a dog worship service? I've told you before, I tried to lead my dog in worship, but he wouldn't do it. He wasn't created that way. We, we can teach animals tricks, but we can't teach them truths. We have a spirit. We have the capability to think abstractly. Immoral. Uh, we have a mental capacity that animals don't have. When you're talking about how special we are created, a mental capacity. We can think abstractly. In other words, we can build on truths that we have learned, and therefore we have automobiles to help us go faster. We don't see any animals driving automobiles. Don't see that happening. The capability to speak with languages, they use noises. We have the capability to speak many different types of languages. We are mentally <clears throat> well beyond what animals are like. Some may be questionable. <laughs> we have a moral capacity. There, there, there's a moral capacity that God put within our fabric, within our being. A moral capacity 
right and wrong. Uh, uh, uh. Now, now, again, sometimes what we see happening is people get calloused in these areas. But nonetheless, he gives us... I was going to use an illustration, and I'm not going to do that. Romans chapter 2, let me read a Bible verse. Romans chapter 2, and in verse number 15, the Bible says it <clears throat> like this. And that they show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience being witness, and their thoughts alternately accusing or else defending them. He's saying you do have a moral capacity written within your hearts. With that truth being said, Romans 2.15 do you know, do you know that it is unnatural for any person to claim to be an atheist? They're born with a body, soul, and a spirit, a moral capacity. There is a God who exists, who gives us right and wrong, a spiritual capacity, a spiritual capacity, this capacity to live in a relationship with God Almighty. Back to the beginning. Ephesians 2.10. You are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for the work that He's prepared for you in advance. That tells me that I am somebody special. Not because of what I've done or haven't done because of who he is, that he not only created me, I'm created by God, but I'm also created for God. So let me ask you a question. He created us with the capacity for fellowship and relationship with him. Are you one of his? Never been a time in your life when you said, man, I, I want to be a child of the king. I want to be saved. Because the Bible says it like this. It says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. And our sin separates us from a holy God. He is holy and he's just. We have all sinned and fallen short of his glory. And our sin separates us from a holy God. Because he's just, he has to deal with the sin in our life. And so that's why the Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His Son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. In fact, the Bible says, God sent His Son into this world not to condemn us, but to save us from our sin. Because without the shedding of blood, there could be no forgiveness of sin, that which separates us. And so Jesus came into this world because the one that created you desires an intimate relationship with you. But our sin separates us, and we've got to deal with it. He dealt with it on the cross. We've got to receive it. To repent of my sin, to recognize I am a sinner, I have fallen short and been living life without him, but I want him, and I want a relationship with God. Would you forgive me of my sin? I don't want to live my life for you and with you in intimacy. To be saved. You ever been saved? And if not, I'm inviting you to come. It's not religious activity, but it's a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And if you've never called on Him, I'm inviting you today. That's when the significance begins. In that moment, you realize 
Here's the purpose for which I have been created, is relation with the one that created me. Call on him today. Would you do me a favor and join me for a time of prayer? This morning we'll pray, and after we pray, we'll sing a song, and after we sing this song, we'll be down front. As I said earlier, we'll have a couple representatives here. If you're interested in finding out a little bit more about Women's Pregnancy Center, they're going to be right here at these steps after the service. You come this morning. Hey, but, but listen, if you're here this morning and you've never called on the name of Jesus to be saved, to be born again, have a relationship, intimate relationship with the one who created you. You come today. We'd love to pray with you this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this moment. I thank you for this day. Oh God, thank you, thank you, thank you for loving us unconditionally like you do. God, for your tender mercies that are new every single day. Thank you, God, that you're not going to leave us, you're not going to forsake us. But that, God, when we call on you, you gift us with your Holy Spirit, enabling us and empowering us to do what you have created us to do, to be who you created us to be. And so, Father, I thank you for that today. But I pray this morning that you would search our hearts and search our minds God, for those that might be here, whether they're in the service or online, God, that have never called on your name, that this would be the day, God, that your Holy Spirit would knock on the door of the heart. Father, they'd cry out to you for salvation, that they'd be saved today, a new creature. Oh, God, have your way today. Father, I pray for those that might be here this morning that are struggling. Father, one of the issues we want to mention today, God, just needing a healing touch from you. God, I pray that they cry out to you in this moment. Father, I'm thankful that, God, you hear the cries of your people. So today, Father, I pray that this would be the day of healing. Lord Jesus, thank you for these moments. Thank you for these opportunities. We love you and we praise you. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.